but uh, we're going back to the sixth chapter of Matthew. How many of you remember some of the things that we preached the other nights? Well, instead of it uh, giving out on me, I believe it's growing on me. All right. Thank the Lord. And uh, I don't know how long we're going to spend on this next verse, the one we're going to start with tonight. Uh, from what I can see now, we may spend the rest of this week on this 11th verse. Uh, we may not go beyond tonight. The Lord's always subject to change it, you understand. But uh, the Lord's given me material that uh, I want to feel that will be a blessing to you. And I, if the Lord says the same, then we're going to give it forth to you. But uh, we're looking at the 11th verse. You know we're in the Lord's Prayer. You know we base these series of studies on the Lord's Prayer. And we're using the 11th verse now for our starting place tonight. And for however many nights, i tell you, there's just a whole lot in that 11th verse. And uh, we're going to just, maybe we might really find out just how much there is before it's over with. Amen. But uh, Jesus said uh, this is one more of the things that he instructed us to pray for. He first gave us the introduction. We preached to you that first night about uh, about the right approach and coming to the Lord the right way. And then uh, we talked to you about, started talking to you about the things that we should pray for. And he said that we should pray for his kingdom to come. And that kingdom is not the kingdom of heaven, but it's that uh, kingdom within us, the power of God, the preaching of the word of God and the results. Amen. That's what we're to pray for because that kingdom is going to come whether we pray for it or not. That's right. Heaven's on its way. I said heaven's on its way whether we pray for it or not. But the kingdom that we're to pray for is that the Lord would show forth his power in this world to people in this day and that they would be able to see that God's power is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then we preach that uh, we should pray. The Lord instructed us to pray that his will would be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And we found out that the will of God in heaven is constant and continual worship. That's right. Amen. That's right. All around our clock. Hallelujah. Amen. They don't have day and night there, but all the way around the clock for us. Praise God. The Lord wants to be praised. He wants to be worshipped. He wants to be lifted up. Praise God. And we cannot feel that we have done the will of God in any service that we come to until we have praised and worshipped and glorified Him. Amen. Hallelujah. I still get excited when I think about that. Praise God. Hallelujah. But we're going to go along here. And the 11th verse says, Give us this day our daily bread. Now that one simple little verse, I want you to repeat it with us all together. Will you do it? Give us this day our daily bread. 
Amen. Now let's lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us to be receptive to his word tonight. Dear Jesus, we want your word to find lodging place in our hearts. We want it to come in here and help us tonight, Jesus. The power of the Holy Ghost in our lives, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Well, you may be seated. The Lord bless you. We've been quite busy since we were here with you. And uh, we just got back in this afternoon. I think I had Brother Alexander just a little bit worried. He called a time or two and He'd already called and we set it up and I went out of town, made a loop around through Monroe and Jackson, Mississippi and back down through, well, I don't even know if they got a name for it. They call the church Pine Grove. It's so far back in the woods. I'm telling you. And uh, we had a lovely time over there last night and uh, got in and got around and Got my strength together and got to homing in on this service tonight. Now, folk, I want to be a blessing to you. And I know that the Word of God, when it is anointed, will bring blessing to the people of God. We told you how that uh, Whenever you, you know it better than we do, that uh, rice forming is not all harvest. Forming of any kind is not all harvest. And uh, I'm willing and I'm satisfied to do the part of the work of God that the Lord gives me to do. Paul said this, he said, uh, he said, uh, one sows, another waters, but God gives the increase. So I think that the thing that we should do is just let take all the pressure off of ourselves and quit trying to do God's business and keep books for the Lord and just say, all right, now, Lord, we're going to do our part we're going to come here and we're going to worship you. And uh, we're going to sow when sowing needs to be done. And we're going to water if watering needs to be done. And then we're going to leave the increase in your hands. And we're going to let you take care of that part of it. And we're not going to do anything drastic in these nights, but just bring you the simple word of God. The word of God doesn't have to have crutches. It doesn't have to have a whole lot of propping up. Amen. The Bible says that my word will not return void, but it will accomplish the purpose whereunto it was sent. It'll come back 
It will accomplish that which I please, he said. So I believe the Lord's going to uh, do what he would have done. We're going to do our best to work with him. And we want you to work with us as we try to work with him. Now, there's only one little thing that we're going to do different to what we've already done. It's no big deal. But at the close of every message, we're not going to give a formal altar call uh, for sinners and then ask the rest of you to come and pray. But I really feel like, and I've prayed about this and asked the Lord, and I feel like this is the way the Lord would have us to do it. No big deal. We're not trying to do nothing unusual. But we're going to have one call to prayer at the close of the service. All right. And when we give the call to prayer, we want everybody to come. Now, if you see somebody, I don't know how the Lord will move. But you see, I know that God can move. You don't have to have uh, the dread and the fear and the terror of the Lord. That's fine whenever God moves that way. But you don't have to have that every time to get somebody to make a move for God. That's right. Amen. Amen. I've known people just after what what's considered just a... Just a dry Bible lesson. That's what some people call it, just an old dry Bible study. Amen. I like them myself, but uh, some people, that's the way they say it. But I've seen the Lord after what they call a dry Bible lesson. I've seen people come to the altar and pray through the Holy Ghost. And I don't know what God's going to do and how God's got it all planned and put together. But we're going to give God an opportunity to do whatever he wants to do. So when we give the call to prayer, we want you just to step out, come on down and find your place of prayer as close to the front as you can. And if there should happen to be someone anywhere around by you that doesn't have the Holy Ghost or maybe they're not praying or backslid or whatever they call themselves, Amen. Just gently go by, maybe, if you feel to do so, and say, would you like to come pray with us? All right. Amen. Don't, don't worry them and don't have to press them. No. Just, just say, would you like to come pray That's with right. us? Amen. And I believe God can use just a simple little thing like that. Yeah. Right. Amen. And, and no telling what God can do. Right. Amen. Amen. We can have we could have, if we could have one or two grown men to pray through the Holy Ghost, or grown women to pray through the Holy, or young people, or children to pray through the Holy Ghost. You know, we get it kind of messed up in our minds as some, some outlaw type and somebody that's been very wicked and bad and, and a drunkard and what all. They come to the altar and pray through and get repentance and God fills them with the Holy Ghost. Everybody said, my, what a miracle that was. But then they'll overlook a little child that comes and prays and sheds tears of repentance. And God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And they just say, well, you know, that's just a child. But I know very great preachers that are preaching the gospel today 
that when they first came, when they sought God, they were just a barefooted boy with a, well, they call them slingshots, but we used to call them nigger shooters. <laughs> Amen. They were just a nigger shooter in their pocket, barefooted, come down to the altar and prayed and sought God. And because somebody was interested in praying with them, they received the Holy Ghost. And there's some, I'm thinking of one in particular that's one of the greatest preachers in the whole movement today. And he came as just a little child. Amen. So don't, 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 don't turn your nose up and don't turn your head aside and you, uh, from a child. Amen. Let's just come and pray when the call for prayer comes. All right. And let's really seek God. Because even if, 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 if no one comes that doesn't have the Holy Ghost or needs to pray that they're cold and not where they ought to be with God or however you want to phrase it, if we as a church can come together and learn to pray together and seek God together, my Bible says that that's going to make things happen. I'm going to read you what it says in Isaiah, the 66th chapter, and the 8th verse. It says, For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Just as soon as she travailed, she brought forth her children. People, I've had people that implied that, uh, well, people get the Holy Ghost today, they just don't really get same Holy Ghost that uh, people used to get, and they say, "Well, they just—they're uh, just not getting—they're not getting what people used to get." Well, if they get the Holy Ghost, they're getting the Holy Ghost. And there are some that's not getting the Holy Ghost. And then there's some that's getting the Holy Ghost that they're, they're, they're being brought into an atmosphere where they can't keep the Holy Ghost. One of the oldest laws of the Bible in Genesis, the first chapter, amen, the Bible gives a law there that's just as old as the Bible is, amen, and it said, and I'm trying to find the exact verse that says how that it says it. And I find it here and the meaning of it. I'm going to read it to you. Here it is. The 11th verse. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in its is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. In other words, everything brought forth after its own kind. And if people are not as strong when they get the Holy Ghost today as they used to be, it's simply because. They're just reproducing after their own kind. All right, Elder. A weak mother's not going to have a strong baby. That's right. Come on. Am I right or not? That's right. 
A mother that won't take care of herself, that drinks and takes dope and all this business, can absolutely expect their child to be affected by it. In fact, my reading and what little study I've done tells me that if a, a, a mother is addicted to, to, to drugs or she's carrying a baby, when that baby is born, it also is an addict to drugs. Just like that. Because the mother was. And, and, and if Zion is not healthy, and if Zion is not, and if Zion's addicted to ease and taking it easy and not praying and seeking God, well, now, if you're not going to respond to this, there ain't no use for me to even try to preach the rest of it. I might as well just close her up and just say, brother, I appreciate your invitation, but I'll see you. Because if we're not going to try and put forth effort and strength, right. amen, you get somebody prayed through here and they're not going to know how to live for God because they can't learn it. If you're not living for God like you ought to live for God. And you're not going to be able to expect them to pray if you won't pray. And you're not going to be able to expect them to fast if you won't fast. And you're not going to expect that. You can't expect them to be thrilled at the word of God if you're not thrilled at it. And if you get nervous, if the preacher preaches past a certain period of time, I don't know what y'all's time that you're used to is, but I just try to preach till I more or less get through. Hallelujah. And hope that you don't, you don't get through before I do. Amen. Amen. But I'm just trying to lay a little foundation here tonight for these services because I don't want to every night have to be getting up here and going through the same thing over and over and over and over and over, and over again. I believe that one time I ought to cover it. Amen. When we give the call to prayer, let's just all come. Amen. However I say it, if I say, all right, now it's time for us together for prayer or whatever I say. Amen. You'll know what I mean. Just come on and let's pray. Amen. Let's don't be in a hurry. Let's learn to unite ourselves together. And if there's not a sinner about the place, if there's not anybody here that even acts like they want to pray, let's us act like we want to pray. What do you say? If they don't want to get a hold to God, let them sit there and let us come get a hold to God. I'll tell you what will happen. It'll reach out there and get a hold of them. Do you mind if I take a little time and tell you how God got a hold of my old daddy's heart? He told me this not Brother Alexander, of all the things that my daddy had told me about his, how he got in the church and his living for God and his ministry, and we used to, oh, as kids, we used to love to get that old man started and get him to tell us about them good old days that Brother Alexander's talking about when they prayed more people through the Holy Ghost after midnight than they did before. All right. Well, 
Praise God. And uh, he had told us, and we just, we, and he was there with us in the house, and, and, and he was down, and he never did get back up, but he, he got out of the hospital a while and come stayed at the house with us. And he was strong enough to come and sit in the living room some. And, 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 and he got to telling us something that he had never told us before about how God got a hold to him and how him come about ever seeking God to start with. Now, my daddy was a big, always was a big old strong man. And when he was young, now he was 36 years of age and, and supposed to have been past his prime when I was born. And he was, he was a mule of a man even then, all the time I knew him. And if he was past his prime when I knew him, Lord, I'd have hated to got a hold of him whenever he was a younger man. Amen. But from all accounts, when he was a coming up as a young man, there wasn't much that he wouldn't try at least once. And uh, he never boasted about that. He never thought it was nothing to brag about. But his own brother said this, told him just to his face. He said uh, his name was Emmett. That's what that E.P., Emmett Pearson. He said, he said, Emmett, if you hadn't a, they called it getting religion. They didn't know, you know, Holy Ghost. He said, Emmett said, if you hadn't got religion and gotten church, he said, you'd have wound up in the penitentiary. And I don't doubt it a bit. Ain't no telling where some of us would have been. Don't you, don't you, don't, don't stick your nose up in there. And don't you act like you something special. And don't you sit there like you swallowed a broom handle. Amen. Because you made out of the same kind of mud I am. That's right. That's right. But he told us. That him and that bunch that he run with, it, it was several of his cousins, and uh, there's about five or six of them. And the apostolics, as they call them, the holy rollers, had got permission to use the old Rock Springs schoolhouse up there between Kilgore and Gladewater, Texas. And there's a having a meeting. And... Uh, Old Brother Sharp was the preacher. I don't know if you ever heard of him, Brother Alexander, but I mean he was one of the sure enough old timers. He hewed it to the line. And, uh, but he had wisdom enough. I just thought of this. I'd like to share it with you. He had wisdom enough to try and involve everybody that he could in the community. Well, when they, when Pentecost first come to the country in them days, there wasn't no Pentecostal people except the preacher and the workers he brought with them. Amen. They didn't have a congregation to preach to. They didn't already have somebody there ready filled with the Holy Ghost to help them pray and fast and all that. So they just uh, did the best they could and they'd try to get everybody involved. They could get involved. And so there was this one man, he was a kind of a, a singer and a singing school teacher. He knew a little bit about music. And in them days, uh, somebody knew anything at all about music, they were special. And uh, he told that uh, 
they invited him to come lead the singing. And uh, he had, had taught singing schools at Baptist churches and Methodist churches and different kind of churches. And I don't know. He might have been Church of Christ or something. I don't know what he, he claimed to be. But he said that uh, he was telling this, that uh, wherever he went, he just tried to fit in best he could with whatever their kind of worship was. So when the apostolics come, they invited him to come lead the singing for them. So he went, and he knew the people, and he consented to be the song leader for the revival. And uh, he noticed that uh, just ever so often, everybody there that had the Holy Ghost, they'd just go to praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord. And he said to himself, now, if I can just find out, and I'm going to watch the one that's leading the service, and if I can find out who's giving the signal and what the signal is when they give it for everybody to go to worshiping and praising the Lord and saying praise the Lord and hallelujah or whatever, he said, I'll just join right in with them. So he kept a watching, and after a while he saw the leader make a certain motion with his hand, and everybody just said, Praise the Lord! He said, That's it. So he kept watching, and after a while he saw the leader give that same motion again. He was ready. When he gave that motion, he said, Praise the Lord! And he is the only one who said, Praise the Lord. But he said he went on and he got under conviction and he got the Holy Ghost. And then he found out what it was that made him say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He found out what the signal was then. Praise God. I said, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I'm glad I know what the signal is. Praise God. Hallelujah. God called him to preach, and he was preaching this gospel whenever he passed from this line. Amen. Just because he wanted to find out what the signal was. Hallelujah. But Daddy said that uh, him and his buddies, I believe there was five of them. Now, these were grown young men, 19 18, 19, 20, 21 years of age. I mean grown young men. The government says you're grown at 18 now. Amen. I've seen some 48 and wasn't grown. But, but anyhow, in those old days, you grew up in a hurry. Amen. Because you got acquainted with work in a hurry and how to make your own way and didn't nobody give you nothing. Amen. Daddy said his daddy was real good to him. You know, I never did tell my daddy and explain to him what his daddy was doing to them. But he told how good his daddy was to them boys. There's four of them. He said he would let us knock off 
from putting in our crop long enough to go work for the neighbors at 75 cents a day till we could make money enough to buy our overalls for the next year. And he was bragging on his daddy for that just before he died. But I thought about that, and that old man wasn't a bit dumb. Because if them boys hadn't got out and earned that money to buy them overalls, he'd have had to bought them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But Daddy never did figure that out, and I sure wasn't going to tell him. Oh, not me. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the way the good old days were. Praise God. But them big old mean boys... They decided they'd go down there and they'd just try to cut up and make as much noise as they could and cause as much confusion in the meeting, them apostolics, as they could do, and laugh at them when they shouted and laugh at them when they worshipped and do all that. And But on the way, they got to talking about it and they... Got to talking about, said, uh, I'll tell you what, one of, one of them said, I'll tell you what, let's do. Said, we'll pull a good joke on them. We'll pull a prank on them. Said, they always give an altar call and say, what do y'all say? Said, I dare y'all. Said, I dare you. Let's just all go down there to the altar together and just make them get around us and pray for us just like as if we was really seeking God. And you know how boys are. The more they talked about it, and the more one of them dared the other, and the other dared the other. And my daddy was a ringleader. And they finally settled, said, Emmett, said, if you'll go, said, we'll go. Said, we dare you. Said, you ain't got nerve enough. Well, they just shouldn't have said that. That's right. Amen. Not to that old Irishman. That's right. Amen. So they sat there, and they listened to the preacher preach, and when they gave the altar call, boy, them big fight. Can't you see? My daddy was six, one and a half. Amen. And they're all about the same size. They're all cousins, same bloodline. Big old stalwart, grown young men, and went down to the altar to pray. And daddy said they didn't no more know how to pray. Said, in fact, we didn't even know how to kneel down properly. And he showed us, he said, we'd get down on one leg and sit down on one leg and curl it up under us until it went to sleep, and then we'd get on the other one and sit on it a while. But he said, we lined up, and he said, there we was, lined up across one side and said, we didn't know nothing about praying, never had prayed. But those old saints of God now, they gathered around them big old mean boys that was just there on a dare, just there to make fun, just there to, to cause confusion. They gathered around them just like as if they was in earnest. And they come in praying for them and praying with them. And the first thing you know, every one of them found out that they was the one that was in trouble because they was trapped and couldn't get out. 
seen them saints had a hymn then. Amen. One of them, they wasn't praying. They just had their head down on their arms. And 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 sitting on, on one leg till it it just went to sleep and got too sore and it changed to the other. From one haunch to the other. And and one of them looked up out of his arm and he said, the door was over there and he said, he said, said, Emmett, if you'll make a break for it, I will. <laughs> and my daddy was just too hard headed and too stubborn or something. He said, no. He said, we come down here and said, we're going to stick it out. We're going to show them. We're going to show them that we're not going to back down a bit. Just let them pray. And brother, pray they did. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And finally, way after a while, they finally let them get up and leave. Amen. But some of the boys started picking at each other and saying, you see there, they got the best of us, so to speak. And that was too much for my daddy. And he said, well, we're just going to go back tomorrow night and we're just going to really show them. And they went back the next night and some of them was getting... It was getting weak by then. But there was one of them that dared my daddy again and said, Emmett, the rest of them won't go, but I dare you. If you'll go, I'll go. And that night he said, old brother Sharp preached and said he blistered them. Oh, he preached about people that would mock and that would make fun and that wasn't serious with God and would go and do what them boy and looked them right in the eye and pointed his finger right in their face. All right. And boy, he blistered them. But daddy said, if we'd have backed down, he said, it'd have made us look like we was cowards. And he said, I just wanted to show them that they couldn't back me down. And when they give the altar call that time, he was just going to show them that it didn't matter how hard they had preached to him, they hadn't scared him out of it. <laughs> and he was going to show them that he could go back down there again. And he got, and, 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 and that boy said, 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 I ain't going by myself, but even if you'll go, I'll go. He said, let's go. And here come two of them. And they got down there, and it's the same deal all over again. And those dear saints, they gathered right around them. And, brother, they prayed with them longer that night than they had the night before. And they was wanting out of there so bad, and they'd look up at that door and put their head back down and look up at that door, and they'd look, and they'd dare each other, if you'll go, I'll go. But they wasn't either one of them could get their nerve up enough to make the break. And them saints had them hemmed in, and they kept praying, they kept praying, they kept praying. And when Daddy got through telling about that night, he, he looked at us and he said, Son, he said, from that night on, he said, God had his hook in my jaw. He said, I went on a dare just to make fun. 
but said, God got his hook in my jaw and pulled him on in. And he was the only one out of the five that prayed through the Holy Ghost. But he got the real goods. In fact, the night he prayed through, they thought he was actually going to tear the place down. Amen. He almost climbed the chimney for the stove. He done everything. Run the benches, shouted, and everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of his family, I believe his sister, threw a songbook at him, tried to get him to stop. But he kept right on. And they never did get him stopped. He preached the gospel for 55 years. Right up to the time he died. So I'm here to tell you, saints of God, you don't know what's coming to these altars. They might be thinking they're making fun or whatever, and it might be a child. Don't know you say they don't know what they're doing. Pray with them just the same. God knows what's going on. I said God knows what's going on. Might be a preacher down there. Hallelujah. Might be somebody that's going to preach the gospel and do more good than anybody has done in a long, long time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So when the call to prayer comes, just just come on and pray, okay? Praise God. Well, that was Len Yap. I won't charge you a thing extra for that. Praise God. Amen. But I'm telling you, we don't know what we're doing, but God knows. Praise the Lord. Philippians, the fourth chapter in the 19th verse says, Paul said, but my God. Now he could talk about his God because he knew what his God would do. Amen. I heard about a the nominal preacher out on the West Coast tried to put in one of these churches and he put up a sign that if you needed deliverance from drugs or alcohol or whatever you needed, that God would deliver you, and they started having service, and I read what he said. He said, we actually just had to take our sign down and quit because said it wasn't happening. That was his God. I said, that was his God. And some people say God's dead. Well, that's their God. But I want to do like Paul. I want to tell you about my God. That's right. Come on. I want to tell you about my God and what my God's able to do. Paul said, but my God shall supply all your need. Not all your wants, but all your need. According to his riches in glory. Amen. The Amplified Bible says, and my God will liberally Fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory. Liberally fill to the full all your need. That's my God tonight. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The prodigal son, the Bible says, when he had spent it all, he began to be in want. Old Belshazzar, when the handwriting came on the wall, 
It said thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. But old David could say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about my God tonight. I'm talking about a God that will supply all our need. Hallelujah. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, chapter 8, verse, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye... Have always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now God has so fixed it and he's so arranged it in his schedule and in his pattern that all of those things that we need can be supplied. Hallelujah. I said he has fixed it so that all of our needs can be supplied. Hallelujah. That's the reason why that we can pray and say, give us this day our daily bread and know that God will do it because he has promised in his word that he would supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And I'm here to tell you tonight that heaven's not nowhere close to being bankrupt. But everything that we need, God has it. Hallelujah. The old prophet Elijah got into a situation. The Lord had prophesied through him that there was going to be a drought. There would be no rain. Until he said there was going to be rain. And the land began to dry up. But God had a place and had a way to take care of the prophet. First Kings 17th chapter, 4th verse. The Lord spoke to him and said, And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. First he said in the third verse, Get thee hence and turn the eastward. Hide thyself of the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And listen to this. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Now, saint of God, if you want what God intends for you to have, you're going to have to go where the Lord's passing it out at. I've heard people say all of my life, well, I didn't get to come to church the other night, but the Lord knows all about it. And they don't realize that they're condemning themselves when they say that. Because the Lord really does know all about it. Amen. They think that's a way of getting them out, but that's just a way of getting them in. The Lord will judge them out of their own mouths. Amen. And I've heard them say, well, I wasn't here the other night, but my spirit was here. Oh, we got spirits enough to fight, honey, without you sinning no more alone. Hallelujah. And your spirit's not going to get it, what you need, if you're not there yourself. Praise the Lord. 
right. He said, go to the brook Cherith, because I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Right. Amen. 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 Right. God's not going to feed you in front of a television set. God's not going to feed you laying, laying up in the bed at home. If you want God's food, you're going to have to go where God's passed it out at. It wouldn't have done, it wouldn't have done Elijah a bit of good to go to the west and find him a brook down there somewhere. This brook looks better to me than Cherith does. Amen. They got ravens in this part of the country. Uh-uh. No. Ain't going to work that way. Right. Because the Lord had commanded them to feed him there. Right. That's the only place he could be and get what God had provided for him. Well, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. God commanded the ravens to feed him there. Right. Hallelujah. We want to get our share. We're going to have to be where the Lord's are feeding it. Then I want you to think about the miracles. I mean, there were several miracles involved for him to even be fed by ravens. Now, raven's not a nice bird at all. Amen. They're worse than a blue jay. That's bad. Amen. They're worse than a, than a blackbird. They're worse than a crow. In fact, they just, just, just about the same as a, just a plain old buzzard. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Amen. That's Praise the Lord. Right. And we get our word ravenous from the word raven. Well, they get a hold of something to eat. It don't last long. I said it just don't last long. But God picked one of the sorriest birds there was to feed Elijah. And it's a very miracle not only for them to transport the food to where Elijah was, but it was another miracle for them not to have it eat up before they got there. Amen. But when God goes to do something, he knows how to do it. He knows where to do it. And he knows who to use to get it done. Glory to God. Glory to God. And I can't find where Elijah complained one little bit. But he, the Bible said they brought him bread and flesh in the morning. And they brought him bread and flesh in the evening. And then when he got that eat, he'd go over to the brook and get his water. Very nice little system he had going there. But the only reason it worked was because God was in it. Amen. You can live for God and you can get all the food that your soul needs if you'll cooperate with God's program. 
I said, if you'll cooperate with God's program, you'll get everything you need. Right. You'll get all the vitamin A and B and C and D and whatever else there are. You'll get everything you need. Well, praise God. I heard a pharmacist talking one time. And he said, man, he said, they're getting these, this, this food business down, so, so Pat. He said, he said, it's actually gotten to the place that if you can be well fed and all you have to do is just take a few vitamin pills every day and maybe eat an egg or two for some protein and said you have everything you need. Well, that may be the modern way of doing it all right. But I'll just have to be honest about it. I still like my cornbread and peas and potatoes. Hallelujah. Amen. This world may have it all fancy. Brother Alexander's talking about cassette business and having it where you just order this and get it all where it's so easy. But I still believe God's plan's the best way. I said, I still believe God's plan's the best way. And you can't modernize God's way. I've stood around, I've watched some so-called evangelist say now, now just go ahead and say whatever comes to your mind. Just go ahead and say them were syllables. All of that. And I've had people, I've seen people come and they, and you have to, seen them try to talk in tongues. Have you ever seen that? But, it, but I remember the old timers, Brother Alexander, the only thing I remember about that was that if anybody started in trying to talk with tongues, trying to speak with tongues, they'd stop them. That's the way my mother and daddy did, and most all the old timers I ever knew anything about, they'd stop them. And they'd give them a little Bible lesson. And they'd say, now don't seek tongues. You seek the Holy Ghost. And you seek God for his gift, and don't worry about the tongues. That's right. And when you get the Holy Ghost, tongues come with it. That's right. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Don't be trying to make your tongue do all kind of contortions and this, that, and the other. You just worship God and yield to God and praise the Lord. And when the Holy Ghost comes, it'll do its own talking. That's the way they taught us. Praise God. A friend of mine in Lake Charles, a businessman, and uh, he told me he belongs to the Lutheran Church, I think. And the man got hungry for the Holy Ghost, and uh, he went to one of these. Uh, well, I call them. I call it the Breakfast Club, but they call it. Uh, Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. <laughs> About all they do is get together to eat meals. So I call them the Breakfast Club. <laughs> but he went to one of their meetings, and he told them, and they found out he was hungry for the Holy Ghost. 
And he told me this himself. He's a businessman, Lake Charles, a real estate man, and, and I'd take you to him and prove it. They got him in a reclining chair, and they reared him back in that recliner, and one of them got on a little chair or stool next to him, right up in his ear, and said, now you, you repeat these syllables after me. And comments, I'm not even going to try and say what they told him because as far as I'm concerned, that borders on profanity right. and blasphemy. Right. Yeah. Amen. But they started saying syllables, this, that, and the other, and say, repeat these after me. Now, that man didn't have the Holy Ghost, Brother Alexander, and he knew he did. But he had good sense enough to know that that wasn't the way to do it. And he come just as straight up out of that chair as a, something shot out of a gun. And he said, uh-uh. He said, not me. He said, y'all not going to do me that. He said, if I ever get the Holy Ghost and speak with tongues, he said, I want it to be God that does the talking. All right. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. I don't know if he's ever received the Holy Ghost yet to this day. He's still my good friend. I talk to him often. I talk to him about the Lord. And I hope one day that he can come to the fullness of the truth. But thank God for somebody that had sense enough to know what reality was and what it wasn't. Praise God. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. If you want what God's a feeding, you're going to have to go where God's a feeding it. That's it. That's it. You want to be fed by God's messengers, you're going to have to go where God's putting the food out. Praise God. Right. Bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, here's the way most of us are. Most of us want to know at least 50 years in advance how the Lord's going to take care of us. Now, come on, say amen. Now, I'm human too. I mean, if not 50 years, uh, at least 40. If not 40, well, at least 30. But he said we're not to pray for a year from now or a week from now. But he said we're to pray, give us this day. Give us this day. Those ravens didn't bring a month's supply. They didn't. Say, when this is gone, I'll send you some more. There's some folks seem like, you know, they can store it up. They come to church once every blue moon. All right. Hello. Hello. Amen. Or once a week or twice a week. And they expect to get everything they need and live for God. It ain't going to work that way. I said, it ain't going to work that way. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as a manner of some is, but rather exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. And that word forsake also means not to neglect. Right. Now, there's some folks that just, they don't just answer and say, well, I ain't going back to church. Now, that'd be forsaken, wouldn't it? I mean, you just made up your mind, you just quitting. Or I just ain't going to church tonight or whatever. All right. 
But then it also means to just fool around and mess around and put off getting ready in time until you just absolutely have neglected until you're just not there when you ought to be there. Amen. I said amen. You, you, can, you can neglect just as easy as you can forsake to assemble yourself together. Praise God. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, don't, don't be waiting for some big rich fellow to come along and supply your needs. Amen. Don't be waiting for some millionaire to get, get along and, 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 and get you what you need. Praise God. Amen. Most of the time it's going to be the common fellow. Amen. I just finished reading a book, or didn't finish reading the whole book, but reading in a book as much as I could have time for, about a man that interviewed people that went through the Depression and them that hit the road and went from place to place and they didn't have nothing where they're from, so they figured on the road they might at least get something. They said the ones that you could depend on that would give you something to eat, it wasn't the rich people. Said they'd run you off and send their, their servants to, to beat you away from the door and sick their dogs on you. But said the poor people that was up against it and didn't have very much themselves, said there's the ones that would help you. There's the ones that if anybody give you something to eat, they would. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's a lot of folks that they look around in church and they say, well, brother so-and-so over here or sister so-and-so, they got more money to do this and they got more time to do this, so let them do it. Friend, you ain't going to get by on what they do. You're going to have to do your part, amen, to please God. The worst thing that I could think of that could ever happen to a church that I would ever pastor I've always felt this way would be to get a millionaire prayed through to the Holy Ghost. I mean, really prayed through. Because everybody else will just have a tendency just to sit back and let old brother so-and-so pay the bills, give the money. After all, he's got plenty. And not, and they, and I've known where that has happened. I said, I've known Pentecostal churches where that's happened. Maybe they weren't millionaires, but there's wealthy people. And they got the Holy Ghost, and of course they had a heart to give. And the others in church just sit back and let them give. Well, as far as the dollars and cents was concerned, uh, it, the, the, the dollars and cents, that was being taken care of. But look at all those others out there that wasn't getting the blessing that they needed. And we're not participating like they ought to participate. There's losing out. Friend, you're the loser when you don't give. Amen. I'm sorry. Amen. I've had people since I've been uh, not having a, 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 a regular church, a pastor, and a steady income from that respect. And uh, I don't know how to say it. The Lord's took care of us, and we've had everything we needed, so I'm not complaining. But I did, don't have the income that I used to have, and I've had people look at us and actually was offended when they found out that we are still giving for the spread of the gospel. All right. All right. But I got news for him, Brother Alexander. I'm spoiled. 
I said, I'm just spoiled. I have already found out about that greater blessedness that the writer talked about. He said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And as long as God lets breath go in and out of this body and blood flow in my veins, I'm going to be trying to give to the cause of God. Because I done found out where the blessing was. Yes, I have. You're not going to embarrass me and make me ashamed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I was down as low as a human could go. And I'm not saying this to lift myself up. Please understand that. I'm not bragging on myself. Because I was so low. I was so down and out. I didn't have the courage to stick my face out the door. Right after we had resigned the church. And I never hoped. I hope to God the Lord will keep me from ever being in that kind of a situation again. But I sat there in another man's home, a uh, trailer that he had furnished for us to live in. And all I knew I had coming in was 400 a month of disability policy that the Lord had helped me to take out. And thank God he did. That's all I knew I had coming. And I sat there, I wasn't able to preach. I wasn't able to do anything, wasn't able to work on a job. And I was sitting there in the house, and I said, well, now, honey. I said, I may not have much faith. And if some people look at us, they consider us a failure. And they consider me a failure because I'm in the shape I'm in. But I said, I'm going to tell you what, I believe. I said, I may be as low as I'm ever going to get. And this may not be very much faith. But I said, I just believe that if we will commit to God a hundred dollars a month of what we've got promised to come in to the spread of the gospel to those on the foreign fields who don't have the privilege of it that we have, I said, I just somehow believe God's going to take care of everything we need. And, and, and I was in tears when I did it because, I, like I said, I was just a wreck. I mean, I was all to pieces. But we started doing that when I was as low, Brother Alexander, as I ever have been in my life. And I'm here to tell you tonight that the great God of heaven has wonderfully taken care and supplied every one of our needs. Hallelujah. And today we're not living in somebody else's trailer house, but God has supplied us with a nice three-bedroom, two-bath mobile home, central heat and air paid for. I mean paid for. Never had anything like that in my life. It's mine. I know just where the title is. It's mine. All right. And he has given us an acre of ground to put it on free of charge. Give it to us. I said, give it to us. I know right where the deed is to it too. Praise God. Now I'm talking about my God. I said, I'm talking about my God. I'm telling you what my God can do. 
I'm telling you what I proved him to do. When I wasn't able to do nothing, he still took wonderful good care of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And now that I'm able to get out and do something more, I'm so happy about it. I don't know what to do. And I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to do everything I can. Everything God gives me the strength to do, I'm going to do it. I sat there and I watched them. I'm not envious and I'm not jealous and I'm not mad at nobody and I'm not bitter about it. But I watched them as, they, as, as, as some of those that would run across the country and go see about this big preacher and he was having trouble and he was having physical problems would leave from the very community where I was living and go halfway across the country to take care of somebody else's services for this preacher because he was having such problems and, oh, that was one of their buddies and they are going to see about him and all of that. They didn't come see about me. But the Lord saw about me. Amen. Hallelujah. And that very one that they went and saw about, Brother Alexander, I found out here not long ago that divorced his wife Married a young woman, quit her and run off with his brother's wife. I told my wife, I said, I'm not glad that that happened. But I said, they didn't come running to see about me. But I said, I can thank God. Now, I'm not righteous and I'm not holy. If I've got any righteousness and if I've got any holiness, it come from him. But I thank God because I can stand here tonight and say that even in all of my difficulties, there has not been one blemish on my life. Hallelujah. Uh Oh, that's the truth. Amen. It don't matter if they didn't come see about me. God sent the ravens to see about me. I mean, God sent the ravens to see about me. I'm telling you, people would come. I didn't mean to say all this, but do you understand I'm not bragging about me? Do you understand I'm just bragging on my God? I'm telling you what my God can do. And I don't like to talk about my troubles and all that, but I got to brag on my Lord. Hallelujah. And I got to tell you what my God can do. Would you believe me that I've got letter after letter out of the mail? Somebody would just be driving along, said, the Lord moved on me to send you this. There'd be the check. Amen. God moved on some sinner people. I said, sinners. Yes, sinners. They don't have the Holy Ghost. They're good people. Baptist, Methodist, I don't know who all, really. I don't know who some of them were that contributed. And they raised money enough to send me on a, on a 30-day tour through South America. All right. Paid cash for it. All right. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Amen. 
so I could see a little more about the work of God, and it did me so much good. It'll bless me to my dying day to see how good we have it here. Praise God. Even when we think we have it bad. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And just, just somebody come by my house. I was even in a restaurant one time. And you talk about getting fed by a raven. Amen. My wife and I had gone to this place. It was our wedding anniversary. You know, even whenever you, you don't have, have very much money and all that, you still have wedding anniversaries. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you still like to do a little something nice for your wife. At least I do. So I just, uh, well, we may not eat <laughs> the rest of the week, but I'm going to take and buy our steak. Hallelujah. We drove off up the ways and went in. Sat down, this man came over to the table, and I found out afterwards that he is possibly closely connected to the mafia. I don't know. I don't really care. It ain't none of my business. But he come and sat down to my, at the table with us and got to talking to us and asked us what we was doing there, and I told him what we was there for. I said, this is my darling wife here, and I introduced her. I said, we're here to celebrate our wedding anniversary, and I've come here to buy her a steak for her wedding, our wedding anniversary. And I noticed he made a sign at the waitress, and I mean, we got what we wanted. And when we got up and got ready to pay, they said, uh-uh. They said, it's all paid for. They said, it's all took care of. They said, you don't owe a cent. Brother, I tell you, that felt so good. I don't know whenever I enjoyed a steak more than that. I mean, I enjoyed it more after I ate it than when I was eating. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, brother, if you talk about being fed by ravens, we're fed by a raven. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you that God still got ravens that will do his bidding, that will go where he says go and feed what he says feed. I can't think of all the kind of different ways that God, God supplied our needs. We'd come home from church. One time there'd big, three big old packs of frozen shrimp on our front porch. And somebody try and tell me God don't know what my address is. Tell me God don't know where I'm at. He didn't get the wrong house. There wasn't no neighbors come around and say, did somebody leave some shrimp on those? <laughs> no, sir. That was mine. Hallelujah. And I knew that's mine. Praise God. I said, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But there was old Elijah. And after a while, the brook dried up on him. Did you ever have your brook dry up? Did you ever have your brook of finances to dry up on you? Did you ever have your brook of health to dry up on you? Amen. Did you ever have a, a brook of friendship to dry up on you? Then you know kind of how Elijah felt. But saints of God always remember that when God closes one door, it's just to open another one. Amen. Because he, David said, I was young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. 
nor his seed begging bread. The, the brook dried up, and the Lord came to Elijah and said, There's a widow down at Zarephath. And I've commanded her to sustain you there. There it is again. He couldn't stay at Cherith no more and get service. If he wanted God to supply his need, he's going to have to go where God was going to supply the need. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't get it all on Wednesday night. You better be back Thursday night. Don't get it all Thursday night. You better be back tomorrow night because God's got something else for you. And what he's got for you tomorrow night, you're not going to get it tonight or the night after. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He had to go to Seraphath to get that blessing. And you know the story, how she fixed the last cake of the last little bit of meal and last little bit of oil brought it to him and the crews of oil did not fail no, the, the meal barrel didn't go empty until the famine was over say praise the Lord you see there's you got to you got to you got to you got to go where the Lord wants you to go and you got to do what the Lord wants you to do right it's not always going to come to you. And uh, there was an old sister in our church at home for years when I was a child. And after I got grown, old sister Cagle, she lived out from town a pretty good ways and by herself. And her husband had died and her children lived around over the country and she was very nervous, and it was a lonely place. So when they had the air base there in Lake Charles, well, this young couple had come from North Louisiana. Air Force, he was. And they started coming to church, and, and uh, they had a trailer. So to help them, and at the same time have somebody there help her feel more secure. She let them move their trailer there free of charge and stay there just to have them there. And they were, didn't have much money and lived from payday to payday and small children and all that. It's like most of us. But he, they had come out of one of these churches where that uh, faith, 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 everything no works, just faith. Didn't have to do nothing, just faith. God take care of all of it if you just had faith. Well, he had an old car, and Sister Cagle didn't have much money. She's living on a pension. And uh, she'd get him to take her to get her groceries up on South Ryan Street and Ryan Street and South part of town, and, and she didn't have much to give them for gas, and it sure wouldn't be much now, but then you could buy a couple of gallons of gas for 50 cents. And she'd give them 50 cents to take her to the store to get her groceries, and there's always running on fumes, seemed like. 
bless their hearts. They couldn't help that, but that's not what I'm going to show you. But they got up there one day on Ryan Street, main drag, as you know, of Lake Charles, south part of Lake Charles out there. Is on the way to George Terrio's and and the old car run out of gas out there in the middle of Ryan Street. And he didn't even push it off the road onto the shoulder. He just, just let it coast to a stop. Just It just stopped where it stopped. And he just sitting there. And he sat there. And he sat there. Finally, Sister Cagle asked you, said, well, aren't you going to get out and and uh, try and do something? I said, no, I said, it's out of gas. I know what it is. So, well, said, uh, why don't you, why don't you see if you can't get out and, and, and get somebody and try and go get a little gas. Said, here's, here, here's a little money. I got a little money. Walk down here and get some gas somewhere, get going. No, he said, the Lord's going to take care of it. He's going to send somebody along and said, they're going to take care of everything we need. And he sat there. And after a while, old Sister Kate would come in rustling around and, 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 and telling his wife to, to let her out as a two-door. said, let me out. Said, and he said, what you going to do? She said, well, I believe the Lord's going to send somebody along too. But she said, I'm going to be out there to flag them down when they come by. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. But I believe that whenever the Lord gives us something to do, we got to do our part. When he said go to Seraphat, he had to get up and go. The Lord was going to sustain him all right, but he had to get there to do it. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. First it was the ravens, and then it was the widows. And then finally it came down to the angel of God, came to Elijah and brought him a meal as he sat out there in the wilderness wishing to die. And brought him a, he looked, and there was a, a cake and a cruise of water. And, and the angel commanded him to get up and eat it. And he got up and ate it. And then he lay back down again and went off to sleep. Angel roused him again. And there was an identical meal to what he had just eaten. And there are some folks that are so picky when they come to church. That if you don't come up with a new twist... They say, well, that's the same old thing that I've been hearing night after night. <laughs> Looks like he could preach something different. You believe I've been around church a while? <laughs> it looks like he could just kind of give us a little variety every once in a while. Amen. Just that same old Bible teaching over and over and over again. But the angel said, Elijah, rise and eat. He didn't fuss. He didn't argue. He didn't say, look, I just filled up on such as that just a little while ago. I, hadn't, I can't hold no more. 
But he got up and ate it. And you know why? Because the angel said the journey's too great for you. That's right. You're fixing to make a little trip of 40 days and 40 nights. And there's some people that have preached that Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't do it. If you'll read the Bible, the Bible said that he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. Those two meals, one right behind the other, coming from heaven, sustained him for 40 days and 40 nights. And if he'd have only ate one of them, I'm convinced that he'd have only got 20 days and 20 nights, and he'd have died, and that'd been the last we ever heard of Elijah. Now, God knows how far we're going to have to go before he gets back here. Come on, Amen. He knows how far we're going to have to travel before we get to heaven. Yes, sir. And we better eat everything and every time he sets the table. I said every time he sets the table, we better eat because that's our strength. And if we don't get the strength we need, we're not going to last. Praise God. Too great. Whatever it is that we need, God has it for us. I said, whatever we need, God has exactly what we need. But if we're going to get it, we're going to have to go where he's providing it. Hallelujah. I said, we're going to have to go right where he provides it to get it, and that's in the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. He said he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Hallelujah. I don't care what your need is tonight. I don't care what every day brings its own set of troubles. Every day brings its own set of problems. I don't care what your problems are. I don't care what your needs are. But I'm telling you that my God... I said, my God will supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Give us this day our daily bread. Are you ready to pray? Are you ready to come pray? Let's come ask God to help us for tomorrow. The journey's too great for us. It's prayer time now. Lord, give us tomorrow what we need. God, help this food to get into our hearts. Help your word to get into our soul. Help it to find lodging place there. Help it to become a part of us. We need the strength of what we've heard here tonight from your word to get us through this next day, Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. My God, my God shall supply all your needs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.